Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls. On today's episode, we're looking at an option for summer reading by taking a step back in time into a classic coming-of-age story and helping us navigate the world of Echoes of Fairborn High is author Joseph Lassard. Hello, Joseph. How are you today? Just fine. How are you? I'm great. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's 107 degrees outside right now. Not quite that much here. Oh, that's good. That's good. It makes it hard to go outside. You know. But I want to thank you for joining us today to talk about the world of Fairborn High. Uh, to begin, would you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what have you been doing for a living? You know, when were you when were you growing up in high school? Oh, um, I, I grew up in Ludington, Michigan, uh, and uh, I was in the class of 1957. So I lived these times that I tell you about, and um, over the years that uh, have elapsed since that time, um, I often thought about maybe telling some kind of a story about high school, but I, I didn't get uh, to seriously writing about it until I got fairly close to my retirement. And uh, I started in with just uh, a paragraph, or I may say a chapter or so at a time, and kind of let the story tell itself. And I didn't have any overall plan, and I not being... Um, a professional writer by trade, uh, I was more of a laboratory scientist where it was the writing as a hobby. Um, I started writing this thing, and uh, it, the story would seem to tell itself, but, um, but I wrote it over a period of several years and uh, didn't have any deadlines, so I didn't worry about it the way... Uh, Authors often do if they uh, if they do this for a living when they they're under a certain kind of pressure. Well, that kind of pressure just wasn't there for me because I was simply doing it for fun. I had no anticipation that I would ever publish. So, some of the steps came as a kind of a surprise to me. That is interesting. Did you? Now you say you grew up in this time period, and yeah. l- looking back, do you see? You know what? What are some of the differences between what was happening in high school or what the world events were that influenced everybody in that period of the 1950s? Well, for certain, it had a very different feel about it, because when I um, see what the the more modern-day young people go through in this, the same stage of their lives, it, I just know that it was different. Uh, it was... Um, Maybe a less stressful time when you compare it to today, but we always feel like like our times are the most stressful. That seems to be a, a mark of just about every age I've gone through there uh, about this this stage of life. But um, I don't think we were 
we were quite as worried about some of the, the problems uh, that we're struggling with today. The, um, the big challenge of that day was, uh, was Russia, and uh, they were first to have the intercontinental ballistic missile, first to launch a satellite into space, and for a period of time, it appeared that they were leading the world in science, and uh, that was a, a stress that, so, that some of us lived with. Some people worried about what would happen if, if Russia just attacked us, you know, nuclear weapons and that sort of thing. And so some of the people were kind of worried about, you know, am I going to make it to adulthood? So um, that was well, a, that's a I mean, I, I remember things like the bomb shelters we had. Yes. And, yeah, oh, you know, that, that the Cold War and... Oh, yes. it, what Khrushchev was bomb, banging shoes at the UN. I mean, it was a very. I remember that incident. That was yeah, that funny and but that, uh, serious too. But yes, uh, it was. <laughs> it was an odd thing to do. But so, so this is totally fictional. There's no. If, if there's any history in the book, it's not that documentary style. It's just no fun. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, the uh, the characters are fictitious. The high school is fictitious. There is a real Fairborn High, which I learned after I wrote the book. I visited it, gave the principal um, copies of my book, and I said, "Is this about you?" And then I told him, "Yeah, I wrote this story, and it's not about you." And, uh, no. Oh, that's funny. So, so did you base some of these stories on your own high school experience? Well, um, um, my high school experience uh, certainly spoke a lot to to the situations that I wrote about. Um, there, there isn't any character in here that's that's exactly uh, uh, anyone that I knew, or um, the uh, primary characters are not me, although I kind of live through some of them, but not one in particular. Okay, so. Tell me what Echoes of Fairborn High is about. Okay, well, uh, it's uh, I have uh, several dominant themes in there. Uh, probably the most prominent one is teenage love relationships. Uh, everybody wants to uh, to know about uh, what happens with your characters in in that area. But since it's high school, then sports and football and basketball, uh, the games. But not just the games as, you know, like play-by-play. Play. I have a little smattering of that in there. But uh, I have the, the people that attend the games and their reaction to the play and what it feels like when your team is down and that sort of thing. Uh, I also uh, write about um, a big old hotel where one of the characters works, one of the young boys. And um, uh, he has a lot of time alone in that hotel because it's off season and the uh, hotel is kind of declining. So the, uh, sometimes a, a few uh, guests for a hotel that could house uh, maybe over a hundred people. Um, but a lot of things happen there. Um, the, the, one of the things that, that this boy is concerned about, uh, he works at the uh, hotel check-in desk, but right behind him is, this, well, there's a little ante room, then there's a big door that leads to a, a long corridor that goes to the back of the hotel, and uh, that hallway uh, is is uh, kind of a, 
a haunted place, so to speak. Um, way up high, four stories above the uh, uh, the ground floor, um, is is a big old white hook that was associated with the construction of the hotel because originally it was two buildings, but they fused them together into one with this hallway as the connecting link. And so when you walk into that hallway, you don't see a ceiling a few feet above you. You go all the way to the fourth floor. Ooh. It's haunted. And it's... Uh, or people will say it's haunted, but it's kind of an unresolved question as to whether it really is. Uh, another part of that hotel that uh, that the boys run into when they, they go off on their explorations on their own in their free time, there's a closet. There's a janitor's closet in the on the fourth floor, and when you open the door, uh, it's just a typical janitor's closet. But there's another door at the back of it, and it's hidden behind a stack of plasterboard. And the boys, when they're exploring, they want to go in there. And in the story, they go in there, and uh, you'll have to read the book to find out what they what they saw in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, let's see. Do we have dances? Do we have that kind Absolute. of? Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were uh, uh, they're a high focus of this book because um, in this these dances, that's where you see how the relationships, the boy girl relationships, play out. Um, they they have. Uh, the the, uh, the gymnasium uh, mostly darkened except for a few lights and a splash a few colored lights uh, around the walls and uh, one white light for the band so they can see their sheet music and so on and uh, uh, a lot of your romances kind of blossom in this area and you can see the rivalries uh, who dances with who and who rejects who and uh, uh, I've heard that at several uh, high schools, including mine and where my wife went, where the shy boys kind of gather in a circle. And in my in my story, there are two circles. There's there are the athletes that are too shy to ask a girl to dance, and then there are the the other boys, uh, maybe the the shy ones that would like to come to a dance. But gee whiz, do I dare ask her to dance? What if she says no? <laughs> you know that, that anxiety. <laughs> So, all of your students in these these various circumstances that they they are put, you know, do you feel that transplanted from 1950s, the stories are still relevant? You know, are they teenagers still going through the same stuff today? Uh, a lot of it, yeah. Um, I I would say that um, one of the the differences that I heard about from teenagers that I interviewed. Uh, uh, the one girl told me, well, we don't have after-game dances anymore. We have parties at people's houses. Uh, oh, okay. And that's something that uh, was new and different to me. Uh, but uh, writing about my own time, when we absolutely did have after-game dances. Um, and just think about that, you know, you got all the shy boys that they they don't ask anybody to dance because what if she says no? And then the circles of boys, you know, mm-hmm. which that doesn't exist anymore, right? I don't know whether well, I, whether it does or not. It does or not? But I haven't been for a long time. But, but <laughs> what if it does? Okay. So now, if I remember correctly, this is actually two books, correct? Uh, correct. There's a volume one that uh, that I had for a couple of years before I I wrote book two, and uh, it's a, uh, book two is just a continuation of the same story, just 
uh, picks up where the other one left off. Book one is uh, a football season, then a year, and then then a football season, and at the end of football season, that concludes book one. Book two picks up at that point and takes them just beyond graduation. So we see two full seasons of football. We see um, uh, there might be something you call the revenge bowl. Now, you you sat on these books for a while, right? Uh, well, more or less, because I didn't I didn't expect to publish. I you know I uh, I didn't have a reputation as an author. I just I just did it for fun, and uh, uh, that was. Um, Maybe it was it was a a kind of humility, but um, but there was a certain safety in it because I felt absolutely free to to write it the way I wanted. It says if you don't like it, I like it. You <laughs> like me, okay. So, so, I, so what made you finally decide to to publish it? What happened? Uh, well, I kept sharing it with people and said, "Why don't you get this published?" And and uh, so. Um, author house moved into town and uh, and uh, I took my book over there and uh, they or I took the manuscript there and they made it into a book and uh, so uh, then I when I finally had my first copy of the book that, that was kind of cool I a, a, a real book with my name on it you know it's kind of a, a surprise to me that I had that degree of success but uh, but people wanted uh, copies of it, and so I uh, I distributed it among uh, family and friends, and uh, uh, I would read it to, to others. I read some some of my favorite part, portions of the story to others, and always a, a lot of interest in it. Well, now tell me, you have. Uh... This was obvious that you had a lot of fun writing it to begin with, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and I yeah. was completely free because uh, I, I wasn't worried about uh, about rejection. Uh, I didn't get into even the, the, the prospect of it and, until until I'd finished it and uh, took it to Author House. Of course, they'll, they, they'll, they'd print it for me. They, they did that without any hesitation, and they helped me design the covers for it. Um, and so so are you going to do another one? Uh I have another one in progress but uh, the the uh I would say the major burden of soul to write it uh it was for the first two. So I do have some uh parts of another story written but I haven't set any deadline for when it has to finish because that's that freedom to finish when I feel like doing it when I have that yearn to write one I just add some more to it. And that's how I did the first two. So it's not the only interest you have writing. You what? What other no. kind of things do you do? Oh, I play piano by ear. Uh, I, um, I I'm involved in church activities. Uh, I I live in my own house and, and uh, do my yard work and house clean and sometimes have guests over and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to write all the time. You have a, a I don't. full schedule. Uh, right now, I'm I'm retired, and I can write when I feel like it. And if I if I want to stop, when I just do it. <laughs> I love that. So, if you had to say sum up what people will take away from your books, 
Um, what do you, what do you think? Your is it a message or is it a a sense of the time? What or a sense of uh, fun? What what do they take? Uh, maybe it's uh, t- uh, telling them uh, what those times were like from from my personal perspective. Uh, what what kinds of things did I see? You know, uh, some parts of it may be exaggerations of real events, or what uh, what I imagine might have happened if some real event went even farther. Uh, right. Okay, and and when they go to find your book, where can they find them now? Uh, see, Amazon, I think is that Amazon. Is it Amazon? Okay. Yeah. I think Amazon's pretty common. Um, do they also? Do you have it any other place? Do you have a website? Uh, I don't have a website, but if if they look up my name or the title, um, there there are distributors other than Amazon that that can can get it, and, uh, and sometimes uh, for prices uh, less than what Author House originally charged. Oh, okay. So they can get a discount price. Uh, I I think so. I I think at least the second one. I'm not sure about the first one, but at least the second one was um, was one of those uh, electronic ones, whatever they call that. Uh, ebook an ebook. E-book. Yeah, yeah, ebook. Right. Yes. Okay. So it is available as an ebook. Okay. Uh, yeah. That'd be, Have, I'm not sure that that uh, that book one is available that way. I have to check and see, but uh, I would certainly mm-hmm. ask. Right. I, yeah, you didn't do an audio book of it, though, did you? Uh, no. I, I say, like, if I was a narrator or something like that, you know. Or right, not necessarily you. Sometimes they have some other talent who does it. But you know, in our in our day and age, the kids are running around with ear pods, and they, you know, they while they're doing their exercising, they're listening to a book or yeah. some other, you know, information. So they're very popular. Yeah. Well, I'm, I would certainly have no objection to that. In fact, uh, I would encourage it if uh, uh, if somebody wants to do it. Mhm, mhm. All very good. So, well, that's that's very. You know, Joseph, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about Echoes of Fairborn High, uh, which I think is a. It sounds like a fabulous glimpse back to an earlier time. Yeah. You know, we may think that everything has changed, uh, but somehow, you know, that so much remains the same, even yeah, as it no, changes. There are certainly common roots, and uh, mm-hmm. the, there might have been uh, maybe ice cream is ice cream, but there are different flavors of it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So thank you for capturing those memories for in your tale. It, it's wonderful. Uh, to our listeners, what do you remember of your youth? You may find Echoes of Fairborn High in your life today and enjoy those innocent adventures as you sit outside enjoying a warm summer evening with a really lovely breeze. Thank you for joining us. Check out Echoes of Fairborn High on Amazon and consider picking up a copy. It's the best way to support the work of authors like Joseph Lassar. You can also support the work of this program by going to anchor.fm to sponsor the podcast, Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power, in some way, whether it's sharing the link with others who may be looking for an evening's read or maybe they need to face the, the courage to face difficulties in their own lives or inspiration to pursue their passion or information about something entirely new to them through one of these episodes. 
So to suggest an author or a topic for future episodes, feel free to contact me at Susan at SusanShareko.com. So thanks again for being with us, Joseph. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm so glad. Once again, the author is Joseph Lassard, and the book is Echoes of Fairborn High, available on Amazon. Time to go, everyone. Bye for now, and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverrunes.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, Sharing the Journeys of Those Affected by Sudden and Great Loss, and What They Did to Heal, Rebuild, and Where They Are Now. <laughs>